I don't know about you, but every Sunday I'm coming here, I am delighted that I'm a part of what God's doing around the world. Every single one of us are a part of that. We're a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, a grand family that goes beyond the doors of this place. And every Sunday when we gather together, there are people like us all around this globe who are a part of the CNMA family. A lot of that has to do with the fact that you and I have been a part of giving to the Great Commission Fund. Every Sunday, whether you do it online or whether you do it on Sunday, many of you can do it throughout the week online, but every time you mark a certain amount to the Great Commission Fund, you're supporting what God is doing around the world. And you and I are a part of that. You and I are a part of that little boy that you may have seen doing therapy at the beginning was the same one that kicked the ball at the end of that video clip. You and I get a chance to see what God is doing around the globe. This morning, I couldn't be more thrilled to introduce to you someone I've known for a long time. He and his wife have been serving Christ in the kingdom for over 31 years. Evan Evans grew up in Vietnam, a son of missionary parents. His four daughters, he'll share a little while from now, are also serving Christ in a variety of ways. He and Jewel have been serving God over the last 20-some years in West Africa, first at Ivory Coast Academy and Dakar Academy in Senegal. They love God from the very depths of their soul. They're here this morning. She is sharing with our children. Tonight, he will be sharing in our senior high youth group. If you're a parent of a ninth grader to a 12th grader, you want to make sure they're here tonight. No excuses, no other reasons. They will want to be here tonight to hear what, Joel, what Evan has to share with them. Joel's going to be here as well in a couple of small groups. It is going to be a great day. You and I are a part of this, and I am thrilled and honored. I'm telling you, I've heard this this morning in the first hour. You do want to pay attention to what happens during this hour. Ladies and gentlemen, from West Africa, Southeast Asia, all over the planet, Reverend Evan Evans. Good morning. It is fantastic to be here. I, I truly mean that. And, and the first thing I want to do is thank you. All right. Uh, because of you, uh, I'm able to do what I do. Uh, because of your prayers, because of uh, your support, uh, God has put us on a phenomenal adventure. And I'll be sharing a little bit about uh, that adventure this morning. But indeed, you are a part of that ministry. I think uh, somewhere I was recently saw where uh, every four minutes, okay, uh, you are a part of an alliance worker bringing someone to Christ as a result of alliance workers' ministry. Every four minutes, someone coming to Christ as a result of the ministry of alliance workers. Yeah. That... So thank you. Um, we do have prayer cards in the back, I think, and uh, we want to make sure we go back with an army of prayer warriors. So please uh, feel free to take uh, our prayer card. If you want to get our prayer letter, uh, there's an email address on there. Email us, and uh, we want to you know, send as much propaganda out there as we can. Uh, so again, we wanna, I want to thank you. I just want to show you my girls. First of all, there they are. Uh, the one front and center is not one of my daughters. That's my wife. Uh, on your left is Mindy. She and her husband uh, have returned to Africa, and she, they serve with us there at Dakar Academy. Uh, in the middle there, the two girls in the middle are serving the Lord over in Korea. And then the baby, uh, her name is Devin Evans. You have Evan Evans and Devin Evans. Uh, she was born on my birthday. And her name is D-apostrophe-E-V-A-N, uh, because that means of Evan. So there's obviously a bond there. And she graduates in May, 
and uh, gets married in June, and she's marrying a missionary kid who grew up in Guinea, and uh, they also are planning on going back uh, to the mission field. So uh, I, I praise God for his goodness uh, to us. Oh, how did that get there? All right. The grandkids. Um, and that's uh, Alina and Kayan, and they are in Korea. We get to see them uh, this summer. Um, before I begin, uh, I just wanted to give you a, just a little glimpse of uh, the kids that we work with. We've been working, as Pastor Danny said, we've been working for 30 years with uh, missionary kids, kids of missionaries. And um, we've seen God use them. Okay, God is not only using mission, missionaries, He's using missionary kids, teenagers. In the last four years, my last term, uh, as a result of the ministry of these kids, we have seen a thousand people pray for salvation. Clap! These kids have helped to finance, not only to help to finance, but build eight churches. Clap! We get to work with all kinds of mission denominations because at our school, our school represents all kinds of missionaries. Uh, and so we go to, with different mission organizations. We are just in a church uh, with the Assemblies of God and the uh, president of the National Church of Senegal, the president, stands to his feet and says this in this service. He says, you know what? Revival comes in different ways. But he said, I am firmly convinced that the students from Dakar Academy have been used by God to bring revival to this region. And he said, in this, since they, yes, you can clap. In fact, uh, in the first service, I talked about the fact that at Dakar Academy, sometimes uh, the kids get so excited when someone says, and all the people said, instead of saying, uh, amen, they say, wow. So, and all God's people said, wow. He said, stood up and said, you know, since they built this church a year ago, there have been 60 baptized believers. Since they ministered in the village of Mem, there have been 40 baptized believers. Since they went over here and did evangelism campaign, and he went around the region and shared what God was doing as a result of teenagers. Wow. Yeah, all right, I like this. This is good. This, this is going to be a good service. And so I want you to kind of see what the kids are doing. This is a, a, an outreach weekend. Uh, this just happened in January. We weren't there. My uh, daughter and son-in-law took 125 people out into the bush. Uh, you'll see them being involved in drama ministries, uh, child evangelism ministries, medical ministries, uh, let's see, making bricks, painting, so construction ministries. And then in the evening, oh, and wells. This year we just started digging wells. Yeah, and all God's people said, absolutely, because we not only want to bring living water, but we want to bring fresh water into these, these villages. And so you're going to see uh, these kids in action. In the evenings, uh, they do campaigns. They work all day, sometimes in 100-degree heat. They evangelize all night. Sometimes our sound guys don't get into their sleeping bags until like uh, 1 or 2 in the morning. They get up and do it again. You think they were in Disney World. They love it. So I just want to show you a clip of our kids in action in ministry. that look like fun? It is. Is it worth it? Giving, praying? Is it worth being part of this missions movement? 
Amen. Amen. So, so, so thank you. Uh, this morning, I have one thing to, to share with you, really a number of things, but I, I want this theme to come across, okay? Don't grow up. Some of you say it's, it's too late. You know? Others are saying, oh good, I haven't. This is what we've been discovering. Have you been working with these kids? We are the chaplains there at Dakar Academy. It's located in Senegal. It's the, Senegal is the most Western African country. In fact, it's the closest to the United States. Uh, you get on a plane, and in eight hours, you're in Senegal. And we've been ministering there at Dakar Academy for the last uh, 11 years. Before that, we were in uh, Ivory Coast. We evacuated to, to Senegal. And uh, we have seen these kids, as I've said before, uh, do amazing things. We have been the chaplains, and so we are there to teach and disciple, and we're finding that the kids are teaching us. In Matthew 18, 2 through 3, Christ says this. He says, he, well, first of all, he had a child stand among the, 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 the men there. He said, a little child, he had him stand among them, and he said this. I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This event is recorded also in Matthew and Mark. And I like the way Mark says it in Mark 10, 15. Christ says, I assure you, anyone who doesn't have their kind of faith will never get into the kingdom of heaven. The more we have ministered with kids, the more this passage has come alive. And the next few minutes, I want to look at some godly, childlike characteristics that these kids have demonstrated to me. One of these characteristics is the love of celebration. That was kind of obvious, wasn't it? Kids love to celebrate. Any excuse to have a party. They love laughing, clapping, shouting, cheering, spontaneous, uninhibited celebration. And God wants us to have spirits of celebration and rejoicing. Psalm 145.7 tells us that one generation to the next will celebrate God's abundant goodness and joyfully sing of his righteousness. Back in Nehemiah 12.43, it says this, And on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be, hard, could be heard far away. The only time in Scripture where it says the sound of rejoicing could be heard far away. And why? Because I think the children were involved. The women were too, it sounds like, too. Huh? The children were involved. Ephesians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I found the Lord at an early age. And, you know, I, I wanted to see Jesus. I was looking forward to seeing Jesus. But I, I was really kind of hesitant about going to heaven because, to me, as a little kid... Uh, Heaven was a place where it was going to be one long church service. And the church services that I attended didn't always seem that exciting. In fact, sometimes our, our worship, by the way, worship team, thank you for leading us into the presence of God. Amen. Yes, thank you. But sometimes our worship can be, sound more like funerals and celebrations. Interesting. I, I'm reading this. And it, this, what's this called, a bulletin, I guess? And you have all these sections, children, youth, for your information. You know what it says under the children's section? The fun stuff. <laughs> That's where I'm at, right? The fun stuff. We should have hearts of celebration. We should delight in God. Part of our worship is delighting in God. 
we had a revival a number of years ago uh, at, at the school. And uh, I remember God was just doing great things in the lives of these kids, and they just couldn't contain themselves. The last service was Sunday night, and after the service, these kids uh, were so full of Jesus, and they had to express it some way, that uh, I had my back turned, I was talking to someone, and all of a sudden I heard, Whoa! I'm like, what in the world's going on? And then I heard it again, Whoa! All, all these people yelling. And I turned around, and I looked up, and our platform was about this high, I think even a little higher. And some of the kids just had to do something because they were so excited about what Jesus was doing that they were getting up on the platform, running, sprinting, and then leaping out into the congregation. And then people would catch them. Whoa! Then the next person. Well, praise God, I haven't grown up yet. And so I said, that kind of looks like fun. Could I do that? I said, "Uh uh-oh, Uncle Evan. uh, Reinforcements. So they got reinforcements, and I took the plunge. And fortunately, they loved me enough to catch me. Now, some of you are probably sitting out there thinking, how silly. That is so silly. But you know what? Their heavenly father was looking down from heaven, and he was smiling because his kids were so full of the Holy Spirit. They had to express it somehow. They were just rejoicing. They were rejoicing. In Acts 3.8, we read about Peter Peter and John healing the lame man. And what did he do afterwards? What did they say he was doing? He was jumping and leaping and praising God. Thomas More said, We are deep in the presence of God when we notice in ourselves a holy foolishness. 2 Samuel 6, we read about the return of the ark. And it says that David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord. In fact, David ends up dancing around half naked. I would say that's uninhibited celebration. What happens? His wife, Michael, gets disgusted. And basically what she tells him to do is to grow up. And she says, grow up. Get a little dignity. You know, act like a king. Have some class. You know what David's response was to her? I will celebrate before the Lord. And this passage ends up by saying that Michael had no children to the day of her death. And as I look at this this passage, Michael was cursed for criticizing David's uninhibited celebration. Now, I'm not here to promote platform diving, nor that we dance around the sanctuary half naked. We don't want to go there. Yeah. But I am here to promote celebration. You know, I am a a sports fan. I am a Steeler fan. This is great. I can say Google Gaga now, and you'll probably amen me all the way through here. But, and, and I'm not just a Steeler fan this weekend. I've been a Steeler fan way back. Some of you old Steeler fans, Big Daddy Lipscomb, okay? That's, when, that, that's way, way back, when they stunk, all right? The Steelers won, Steelers won their first Super Bowl on my birthday against the, the Vikings, okay? So I, I'm a Steeler fan, okay? But, but this, what's, what's interesting to me, I, I love to watch football, but... You have a man that runs over a line holding a piece of leather and 100,000 people stand to their feet and go crazy. Huh? How much more should we celebrate? Don't we have so much more to celebrate? Amen. Our kids love to celebrate. In fact, when we have special speakers uh, come to our campus, uh, they almost get scared the first time the kids start singing because, boy, they, they, they just 
you know, rattle the roof. They love to worship. We started our school year out. Just before we left to come back here, the school year that we had was, was a phenomenal school year. And we started it out uh, with a prayer walk around campus. At the very end of the prayer walk, we came back into the, the uh, soccer field. Our soccer field is dirt. We love to have grass, but it's all dirt soccer field. And what we decided to do, we were going to sing the doxology, have a prayer of dedication for the school year, and then we're going to let the kids go because it was a kind of a, a free night. The next day was a holiday. We knew the kids wanted to hang out and have a good time, shoot some baskets or whatever. So we sang the doxology, and we're thinking, okay, the kids are going to want to hang out and have a good time. They just stood there. I said to my wife, I guess they don't want to leave. No, they didn't. They wanted to continue to celebrate. All of a sudden, someone began to lead out in worship. And they just sat there for two hours on that dirty, dusty soccer field. The kids are worshiping. See if I have my, there we go. Whoop, let me go back here. This young man was there. Andy Cook. Andy Cook celebrating here. He just uh, was baptized. But Andy Cook was there that night, and I, as, as the kids were worshiping, I'm looking around, and all of a sudden I look over, and there is Andy in the dirt, kneeling in the dirt with his hands raised. Dirt all around him, dust, but there he was celebrating, worshiping God. Wow, amen. Well, when our kids graduated, okay, when our kids graduated, part of our graduation ceremonies is you have to have some, we're a Christian school, so you have some worship songs, some hymns and all. That's part of the program. So you would think, you know, these kids, yeah, we'll, we'll get through this. The main thing is getting that diploma. No, not for these kids. We get to worship during our graduation. So here they are in their caps and gowns. Is that a great shot of our senior class? <laughs> Do they love Jesus or what? Look at the one guy with his fist pump. Yeah, they have a chance to celebrate. Don't grow up. Grow in righteousness, grow in grace, grow strong in the Lord, but be childlike, be uninhibited as you celebrate Jesus. The second childlike characteristic that the students have demonstrated to me is in this, is in, is in this area of humble dependency. Humble dependency. This passage in Matthew 18 that I read earlier goes on to say this, Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Kids realize that they need help. In order to inherit the kingdom of God, we have to become as little children, realizing our weakness, realizing our dependency on our Heavenly Father. I remember when my girls were little, they had no problem coming to me and holding up their arm and saying, Daddy, help me. We had a youth group service one night. We had a number of our youth that got up and they shared some very deep, on, on a very deep level very vulnerable, but they were sharing some of their struggles and how God had given them victory over those struggles. At the end of that time, they passed the mic around. They had an open mic, and it was just amazing. The kids felt so comfortable. Here they are, a hundred of their peers, and kids were getting up, spilling their guts because they felt safe, because they felt the body of Christ there. And one of the guys that stood up was a, a young man named Matthias. And Matthias said, you know what? He said, I just have no self-worth whatsoever. He said, if I, if I die tonight, I don't think it would make a big difference. And he said, I want to know who I am in Jesus. I want to know that God can use me. He said, would you pray for me? He said, I, I just want to reach up and ask God to help me. Please, God, help me. And the kids gathered around him, bombarded him in prayer, and God began to work in Matthias's life. Matthias ended up going to a country next door to Senegal, the country of Guinea-Bissau. And he went over with another high schooler uh, and another missionary, and uh, he came back. He was so excited. He said, boy, 
He said, the more it was all about God, the more God did through me. He said, and I just said, God, it's all about you. Do whatever you need to do, but I just want you to be glorified. He said, God just used us in, in powerful ways. He said he, was, he uh, saw this old man walking down the street with the cane. He's, he's kind of limping. And so they, they came over to him and they said, can we pray for you? And the old man says, yeah. He said, we're going to pray for healing. The old man said, oh, that would that, be nice. So they prayed for him. After they prayed for him, the man said, okay, thank you. And they said, no, 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 no. Could, could, you, could, you, could you walk? He said, yeah. No, no, no. Without your cane. Oh, he said, I'd fall without my cane. He said, well, we'll walk be- beside you just in case, okay? But just, could you give us the cane? And, and he said, okay. So he kind of took a few steps. He walked, and all God's people said. He goes off. And uh, a, a little while later, uh, Matthias is praying for someone else. And the old man comes back. And uh, Matthias said he hardly recognized him. He just comes strolling right in. And uh, he, he gives Matthias something. <laughs> so, I don't need this anymore. He gives Matthias his cane. <laughs> so here's, here's Matthias and, and his souvenir from that time uh, when that, that old man was healed. Well, Matthias came back uh, to the campus. And our last chapel service, he stood up. Here he is, a sophomore. A sophomore in high school. And he stands up before the staff and the student body. And he shares. And it was one of the most powerful chapel services we had that whole year. And then he takes his drama team, and they go out to do uh, what they call, you guys know the Operation Christmas Child? Yeah. So the dra- he took his drama team, uh, those kids you saw with, the, with all the puppets and all, and they went out and passed out these gifts. And then they did some drama stuff, some skits. And then they said, we have another gift for you. Uh, if anybody's here that would uh, like us to pray for them for healing and all, uh, we'd like to pray for you, give you th- th- this gift. And so here they are. There was about 75 people at that gathering, not all just kids. There were adults there too and young people. And so they invited people up, and here our kids are praying for these people. And Matthias said, it was so cool. He said, because they, the, the, the Lord just answered all kinds of prayers and would, would heal the littlest thing to the biggest thing. There were people that were healed of toothaches, one stomachache, a woman with back problems, a guy with knee problems, and a partridge in a pear tree. One woman who was sitting there, and she said, you know what? She said, uh, you can pray for me, but I can't stand up. I'm just, I, 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 I can't walk. They came over, prayed for her. She got up and walked off. And all God's people said, wow. Well, while they're doing that, Matthias' little brother, I think he's 11 years old here, he leans over and starts talking to this little guy. Shares Jesus with him. This little boy accepts Jesus. He's walking around that area telling people, Jesus is in my heart now. Jesus is in my heart now. Matthias said that it was, it was kind of exciting and almost humorous at what people were saying. People were saying, we're healed, we're better, and boy, was that quick. That was quick, just like that. And then what was music to their ears when God would heal these people, the people would say, tell us more about your Jesus. Tell us more about your Jesus. This is in a country, okay, that's between 95 and 98% Muslim. People were going out on the street, grabbing people. You got to see this. Bringing them in off the street. Bringing them in. You got to see what, what's happening here. Our kids finally had to leave, and the Christian, the, the Senegalese lady, one of our believers who was kind of in charge of this whole thing, she eventually had to turn her, her phone off because she was just getting bombarded with phone calls. 
She couldn't, she couldn't do anything else. Matthias went from being an insecure kid with no self-worth to an instrument powerfully used by God. And the more he depended on God, the more he asked for help, the more God revealed himself. You know, in the natural, we can do the natural. It's only through dependence on God that we can do the supernatural. And the turning point in Matthias' life was when he came to realize his absolute need for God. The more dependent the vessel, the more powerful the vessel. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. The third childlike characteristics that kids have taught me. Simple, childlike faith. If God says it, then he'll do it. Excuse the family illustration, but my own daughters have taught me about faith. This whole area of of inheriting the kingdom of heaven as as a child. This is my oldest daughter when she was little. That's our pet mongoose. I like a mongoose because mongoose kills snakes. And so, you know, here she is, uh, obviously older now. But she found the Lord at a very early age and uh, just had a special anointing of God on her. And there were times that my wife and I would be working through a problem. We're talking about something. Should we do this? Oh, I don't know. What about this? Should we do this? And Thais would sit there between the two of us. Here she is, five years old. And then she'd say, well, why don't you pray about it? <clears throat> yeah, we're just going to think, well, we're just going to do that, honey. We were just going to do that. One night, getting ready for bed, we're going to have our time of prayer before she goes to sleep, and she says to us, you know what, Mom and Dad? I have this wart, and uh, I don't like it, and I'm going to ask Jesus to take it off. I'm this mature adult, adult, and I'm thinking, well, well, honey, you know, I mean, that's, there's not really anything of eternal impact there. You know, I'm trying to think, how am I going to defend God? Because what, what if God doesn't take that word away? Is that going to destroy her faith? And I'm, I'm thinking, why am I defending God? He's God. You know, I'm going to defend you, God. So you know, I said, if you think Jesus wants to do that, go right ahead. You pray that, honey. So she just gave prayed a simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I don't like this wart, and I know you can take it off. Would you please take it off? Thank you. Amen. The next morning it was gone. All God's people said. You know, now I don't know where that fits into your theology, but I just put it in the category of simple, childlike faith. Sometimes God just wants to wow us. You know, what was the point of water into wine? You know, God just wanted to wow. God just wanted to say to his kids, I care about every need, every one of your needs. My daughter, Devon, and here she is, my little birthday gift. There she is. We've had this picture every, since her first birthday. For, for 21 years, we've taken the same picture. Here she is way back when, and here she is now. Yeah. She was this little evangelist. Found the Lord again at an early age and just said, you know, Jesus tells us to go out and tell people about him, so I'm going to do that. We were back on our home assignment. She was in the second grade, went to public school, and she came back and she, one day and she said, hey, I led a little girl to Jesus, one of my classmates. We said, really? How'd you do that? Now, we didn't teach her this evangelistic method, so, <laughs> but uh, I don't know where she learned this, but she was out in the playground 
And she said, um, okay, everyone come here. And they all gathered around. And she drew a line. She said, all those that love Jesus, you jump over on this side of the line. And she said, and all those that love Satan and the Spice Girls, Do you remember that back then? They're back, I think they sang in the Olympics, sorry, but they were kind of a controversial group. Now, I don't know where she got that, but she said that you used to jump on this side of the line. One little girl heard Spice Girls, and she jumped over on that side of the line. And Devin said, whoa, don't you love Jesus? And the little girl said, who's Jesus? So Devin, in her little childlike way, shared Jesus with this little girl. She prayed to receive Jesus. And then Devin said, now you need to to go to church and and to grow and learn more about Jesus. And so the little girl went back home, convinced her grandmother to take her to church. So her grandmother took her to church. The next week, Devin's on the school bus. Leads Leads another little girl to the Lord. Then the week after that, it's Friday morning, and Devin wakes up and says, it's Friday! And we said, yeah, weekend's coming. No, no, no. We said, well, why are you so excited it's Friday? She said, because someone's going to ask Jesus into their heart. And then we realized that the two before that had accepted Jesus on a Friday. So Devin just assumed Friday was the day that people accepted Jesus. <laughs> Simple, childlike faith. The fourth childlike characteristic is loving the unlovely. Kids can love the unlovely. I'll be talking about this later, but we have a group of kids that get together, and they call it the walk and talk gang, where they just go out into the street. They look for people to talk to, street vendors, beggars, street kids out, also out begging, snotty-nosed kids, unlovely, the unlovely. Sometimes the kids will, will pull their money together and go back to a, down to a bakery and buy some bread and, and pass it out to the beggars and, and, the, and the street people there. They just go out to meet people, sometimes for the first time, sometimes to follow up. You'll see them playing with the beggars. In fact, it's hilarious. Uh, you, you'll be you know, walking down the street or sometimes driving down. Now, now Dakar is a, is a city of two million. And you're driving down the streets of Dakar people all over the place, and all of a sudden you look over and you'll see our kids playing with some beggar kids. Or even more heart-touching, you'll see them over with their hands on a Senegalese praying for them. Here's one of our kids that looks like a jungle gym. This young man came from Mars, Pennsylvania. God gave him a vision of, of passing out soccer balls. So he came out for his senior year. His parents let him come out. And he, and he took, uh, took his senior year out there in, in uh, Dakar. God used him just to love, just to love the unlovely. And then there's Nyla. Nyla's the daughter of uh, our uh, relief arm of our mission, the Kama Services, uh, the Friesen family. Some of you may know who the Friesens are. But Nyla also has had a, a special anointing from God, accepted Jesus when she was four years old, and has been used in her parents' ministry. Her parents uh, went into this village, and there was this man that uh, was bedridden. And they went over and, and, they, and they prayed for him. And, and God supernaturally healed this man. And he, got, he gets up and he's rejoicing. Yes, you know, I'm healed. And they said, do you have any fetishes? He said, yes, I do. They said, well, you need to burn those fetishes. He said, I will. He said, I want to turn my life over to Jesus. I will burn the, the fetishes because Jesus is more powerful. And he said, I'm, I'm going to get all my fetishes. I'm going to burn them tomorrow. 
Little Nyla's listened to this. Here she is. I think she was five years old at that time. And she comes over to this man and she says, No, you burn them now. And the man's looking at this little preschool and he goes, Okay. Goes out, gets his fetishes, goes out and burns them. But Nyla was walking down the beach with her, her folks one day. And they came across this lady. She smelled awful, tattered clothes. She was writhing around in the sand like a snake. I don't know if she was demonized, but there she was. And, I'm, and the parents right away think, oh, no, you know, what about little Nyla, this little, our little preschooler? You know, what, what's she going to do when she sees this lady? And they looked down at Nyla, and Nyla had, was holding their hands. She dropped their hands and walked over to this lady. She threw her arms around this lady and just started hugging her. And then looked back at her mom and dad and said, Mommy and Daddy, she just needs somebody to love her. It's easy to love those people who are clean and sterile, people who smell good, people who agree, people who are like us. But it's children like Nyla that show us how to love the unlovely. Fifth, the fifth characteristic is the love of adventure. Kids love adventure. Sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll make it up. You know, ah, let's have an adventure. They'll make it up. And if we really are following God like we should, we should be experiencing an adventure of a lifetime. Every day should be an adventure. You know, John 10.10, 10, it says that Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's not talking about the fact, oh, wait till you get to heaven and you'll have abundant life. God wants us to have abundant life right here. Amen? Yes. Love for adventure. I told you that the kids, when we put up the sign-up list, you know, it, it, they think they're going to Disney World. You know what they're signing up for? I keep on looking and shaking my head. They're signing up for hard work, 100-degree heat. They're, you know, they're signing up uh, for little sleep. But you know what? They run over because they know it's going to be adventure. It looked like they are having an adventure there as they worship with their African brothers and sisters, as they're able to share Jesus. Did Jesus look fun there? Oh, yeah. What an adventure. The walk and talk guys. They not only want to have an adventure as they go out for these weekend ministries, but they're the ones that get together on Saturday. They said, you know, we, we want to have an adventure right here in our community. We want to go outside these walls and have an adventure. This is Josh, one of the walk and talk guys. So Josh is right outside our campus, walking down the street, comes across this beggar lady, and this lady comes to him and says, I'm going to ask you something. He said, yeah. She said, can your Jesus heal? He said, yeah. She said, well, come here. She takes him over to where her son is at. And she said, look at my little boy. And you could tell he was very sick. He had this tube coming out of his stomach. She said this. She said, if your Jesus can heal my little boy, I'll believe in your Jesus. Well, of course, he hadn't been to seminary. So what's he to do? What he should do. Lays his hand on that little boy. Here he is, 18 years old, playing, praying for this little boy, and he just says, God, again, it's not about me. You're a God that can heal. And so I just ask you that you will heal this little boy. Praise for him. Goes back to our campus. Next week, he's out looking for that lady. Can't find her. 
Another beggar lady comes over and says, hey, aren't, aren't you that young man that prayed for, for that little boy last week? He said, yeah, you know, you know where she is and where the little boy is? And the beggar lady said, no, I'm a friend of hers. And she sent me to tell you that her little boy is healed and she believes in your Jesus. And all God's people said, yes, you can clap too. Amen. Just across the street, here's Kent. Kent's walking down the street, and he comes across this lady, and she's keeled over like this, grabbing her stomach. And he said, what's the matter? What's the matter? And she said, my stomach, I, I can't stand up straight. It, it, it's terrible pain. And he's thinking, well, what do I do? And, you know, he's a little bit shy, but he said, well, uh, can I pray for you? And she said, oh, please do. He said, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. Can I pray in the name of Jesus? She said, yes, you can pray in the name of Jesus. And so he, he prays for her, and when he finishes praying, she says, hey, that pain's totally gone. She said, would you pray for my husband? Well, now he's feeling pretty good, you know, like, whoa. He said, yes, I'll pray for your husband. And she said, okay, I'll go get him. One sec. So she disappears. So he's waiting for her to come back. She comes back leading a blind man. And I'm sure Kent's stomach went like, whoa, you know. And I, I was kind of teasing him. I said, you probably felt like saying, you know, I, uh, I only do uh, toothaches and stomach aches. <laughs> you know, this blind stuff, no, you got to go with somebody else. But he realized that God had brought this situation. And so he said he just laid his hands, put his hands on that old man. And he said, God, it's not about me. I can't do one thing. All I ask is you glorify yourself through this old man. You glorify yourself. You do what you need to do. Glorify yourself. While he was praying, Kent said the man was like this, just kind of staring off into the distance. And when Kent said, amen, the man blinked and then stared Kent straight in the eye. And tears started rolling down the old man's face. And he pointed up into heaven, giving all glory to God. He said, Yesu, Yesu, Yesu. And all God's people said, Wow. Don't grow up. Go for the adventure. Take advantage of every opportunity that God gives you. These are kids. Kids experiencing the kingdom. Kids proclaiming the kingdom. How about you? Are, are, are you having an adventure? Have you grown old and, and stale. Nyla's grandmother was out visiting her. Nyla loves her grandma, and so she wanted to give her grandma a special present. So Nyla went and got one of her favorite pairs of shoes. And she came out to her grandmother and said, Nana, I have a gift for you. And she gave her grandmother these nice shoes. And her grandma said, well, Nyla, that's, that's, those are so nice. But look at Nana's feet and look at Nyla's feet. Nyla reached up and put her arm around her grandmother and patted her. She says, don't worry, Nana. You'll grow into them. <laughs> we need to grow in to the shoes of a child. Let's learn to celebrate like a child. Let's learn to cry out in humble dependency like a child to ask God to give us simple faith like a child, to love the unlovely and to seek every opportunity for an adventure 
with God. I'm getting older now. I haven't grown up, but I'm getting older. But I want to stay spiritually vibrant and alive. And I was reading a passage in Scripture the other day that gives wonderful hope to every one of us, taken from Psalm 92, 14, and 15. Listen to this. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay, listen to this, they will stay fresh and green. How does this happen? How do we stay fresh and green? This is how it happens. Proclaiming. Proclaiming. The Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no wickedness in him. We should look every day for the opportunity to proclaim Jesus. Don't grow up. And all God's people said, wow. In closing, I want to show you a video. Just a brief clip. Uh, this was a village that was a, the, our last evangelism campaign of that weekend. We came into this village, and as we walked into this village, the people stopped us and said, wait, 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 you can't walk through this area. We said, why can't we walk through this area? They said, because this is the Muslim prayer area, and you shouldn't walk across it. So we walked around it. We wanted to be respectful. Walked around the Muslim prayer area, but guess what? We stood right in front of it. So several feet behind us was a Muslim prayer area, but there we were proclaiming Jesus Christ. Watch what Jesus did. Didn't I tell you you would enjoy today and it would be worth coming? Absolutely. Last Sunday morning, I said to you, the power of the Holy Spirit did not end in the age of the apostles. It did not end when they died. The power of the Holy Spirit, the verification of the Spirit on the message and the messenger is signs and wonders. The power of God working in amazing ways in the lives of people. That's how you can tell that God is alive and still at work when he verifies what he does through the lives of his children. Be one of them as we serve him together. Father, thank you for your amazing grace and the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for allowing us to be here this weekend, for empowering your servants to follow you and serve you. All of us are your servants who claim to know Christ as our Savior. And I trust that we use what you have given us to enjoy the life you have conferred upon us to touch the lives of those around us. We look forward to what you will do because of what we've heard this morning. Thank you for the partnership that we can have with Evan and Jewel. Continue to bless them as they get back, as they return this summer and go back to another year. May you continue to pour out your blessing on those kids, those students, that faculty, on them in incredible ways as they touch Senegal for Christ. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Don't want to miss next week. Going to talk to you about what God's doing in Dominican Republic. Tonight, teaching time, Evan will be downstairs. If you're a parent of a senior hire, you'll want to make sure they're here tonight. We can pray for you. We'd love to do that. God bless you. Have a great, great day.